Welcome to the ENC Wedding Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Bertling. I really appreciate you being here to listen as we discuss tips to help you plan your wedding. I'm sure you'll find our topics beneficial to you in your planning process. In our podcast, we'll have professionals, brides, grooms, and others participating in discussions that will assist you in your planning. And it is my hope to help reduce your stress level as well. All right. Welcome back. Well, my co-host today is Mark Roig. Welcome back, Mark. Hey, it's always great to be here, Jennifer. Well, and thank you to all of the listeners out there. I really appreciate you being here to listen. And if you just got engaged, congratulations. I hope you'll enjoy our podcasts. And today, Mark and I are going to talk about an interesting topic because you're probably asking yourself, does this really involve me, but actually it does. So the question is, how will I know if my vendors will get along? And we're going to talk about how that can affect the the customer or the clients. Um, And so anyways, we're going to talk about that as most people do in our line of business, as you know, Mark, and you probably do this in your own line of business. We share stories. (laughs) Absolutely. And we share them with each other so that, uh, you know, we can just bounce ideas off of each other. Maybe we're just sharing our horror stories. Right. Um, But I think most of the time you'll agree with me, Mark, that a lot of these crazy stories really stem from egos. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kind of the, it's going to be my way or the highway attitude. And that can affect a couple's wedding day. Right. And that's exactly what it shouldn't do. So this is kind of an interesting episode. I was laughing as you were starting to read the title because, yeah, how do you know whether or not these vendors will get along? And Mm -hmm. it's crucial. Uh, You know, certain vendors are going, going to have constant contact with each other throughout your entire day. So uh, it, it is, it's the, it's the, that possibility of the clashing of egos. That's right. <laughs> so the, I think the one thing you and I talked about before we got started on this is just making sure um, that you as a couple are making sure that you ask your vendors if they're flexible. Right. Do they have in their contract that it is this way and no other way? And that's okay because contracts are made for a purpose. And so there are going to be things in there that you need to abide by. I right. get that. Right. But if there's things in the contract that also holds back others, that's where you need to start asking those questions. Are you willing to be flexible? Uh, if I, and we've had a podcast about this too. If I want to have a first look, are you forcing me to have a first look? Right. Yes. Forcing. That's, an, that's a, a good way to put a it. Good, too. It is it a is, good word. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, we already discussed this, but if it's something you did not want to do, why is it coming up again? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll share a story that I had with a DJ at one time, and this is the perfect example. And I had never worked with this DJ before, and I usually talk to them about three weeks out. I happened to talk to him. We did talk about the timeline. I sent out the timeline to the entire vendor list, as I usually do. And then I thought everything was settled. And the day before the rehearsal, so it was two days before the wedding, the couple called me and said, well, the DJ says that it's his timeline, which doesn't match your timeline. 
And I thought, well, this is very weird. And anyways, so I said, well, I, you know, I'm a team player. That's fine. We'll just adjust this and go with it. And his whole thing was he, in his opinion, he thought that his timeline spread things out. And personally, I like to do a lot of those those things that people just want to get done, like the cake cutting and the and the first dance and the toast. I like to get those done a little bit earlier in the evening right? so that they're just done and people will have witnessed them, enjoyed them. And then once the cake cutting's done and everybody's had their cake, if they want to go home, they're not missing out on anything. Right. And um, but what I did find that this particular group and this is not a negative towards that DJ, but this group did not. They weren't a dancing type. Right. So nobody was dancing. Nothing was getting done. So it was just a lot of sitting around. And for me, that's a reflection on me because people think that the planner did this timeline when all reality I didn't. Right. And and then at some point I said, you know what? Nothing is happening. This wedding is stagnant. So I went up to the couple. I saw an opportunity when they weren't talking to somebody or doing something. And I said, listen, your guests are leaving and we haven't even done the cake cutting. And you don't serve cake until the cake is cut right. and do that that tradition. And she said, oh, okay, that's fine. Let's go ahead and and move some of those things up. So when I went over to the DJ, he said, well, I don't take orders from the planner. That has to come from my client the bride and groom, which I totally get, but I was also contracted to discuss things on their behalf. Right. So I had to go over to the couple, interrupt their conversation that they were having and said, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but he will not take direction from me. I, he will only take it from you. I apologize, but you'll have to go over there. Right. And so that made it quite interesting. And, and that's where I felt like the ego came in because yeah. it was like his show and he was entertaining. And I know a lot of DJs call themselves entertainers and they they want to run the show. And I like them to run the show because right. that's what this is about. Right. But also you have to feel like what's going on here. Yeah. There's a difference between running the show as a DJ and being able to design what they want, what mm -hmm. the couple wants in the first place. So in this case, they already decided what they wanted after they, you know, you, you sat down with them and you went over that itinerary mm -hmm. and they knew their guests. Right. They And, and they conveyed their concerns. Right. So mm -hmm. you set up an itinerary based upon what this couple wants. And then, of course, at the last minute, this whole thing changes and you see the end result because you, you just don't have people working together. And right. Egos got in the way. Mm hmm. And, and nothing personal towards that, TJ. I'll just say that. But uh, so the reason we wanted to talk about this together today in this podcast is it's really important to find out as you're interviewing vendors, do they know each other already? Right. Are they used to working with each other? Right. You know, sometimes these wedding websites will suggest that, oh, just use our vendors and you'll have an A plus team. Well, an A-plus team has to know how to work together. And, um, you know, I always use the terminology, a well-oiled machine. Right. And if you've never heard of that before, um, it's just, it's natural. Everybody's used to working together. So you want to ask your vendors questions about, have you worked with so-and-so? Have you worked with so-and-so? You know, what do you think about them? What do you like about them? Don't just say, hey, do you recommend them? Right. Really ask questions such yeah. as, 
maybe what specifically do you like about them? Do you have any concerns about them? Right. Well, you know, back to the kind of the wedding website situation, I looked that up recently because there was one of them and they had, you know, the old tips, you know, recommendations (laughs) in terms of, you know, what they called what was the special team, you know, putting a team together, just like you were saying. And I thought, well, let me let me look through this. And what I thought interesting was that the theme that kept coming back was their idea of a team was selecting people that actually advertise through that wedding website. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, when I told you that you're not necessarily rolling your eyes, but you know that that means these people may not even know each other. That's true. Right. It, it Being on a wedding, wedding website together does not mean that there's any relationship between any of these vendors. Right. And so I really started to think about, you know, what exactly is a team? And I think back to, uh, this was back in 2008 in which, I teamed up with a photography group, and this was Ron Wood Photography up in Cincinnati. And what we decided to do, it was very different because it was actually the two coming together. It's two separate entities coming together. And how can we put something together, work as a team, and actually help each other throughout the day to make it you know, much more enjoyable mm-hmm. for the couple? And so that's what we did. And we designed packages together that were uh, video and photo. And the interesting thing, uh, I learned so much more about photography. And of course, they learned a lot more about video Mm -hmm. because you find out what each of you need. In fact, yeah, even the highlight video was a culmination of the two teams or the two people coming together as a team and then putting together this highlight video that had the photos mixed in with the video clips. Mm-hmm. So that's when you talk about a team, that's what I think of as a team. So if you extend this out to what Ron Wood and I did, um, in fact, we might want to have him on. Yeah, it would be great. I think that would be a great idea. I, I think it would be good for listeners so that they can see, yeah, vendors can get together yes. and, and figure out how to, how to uh, make the experience the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So really, that whole idea of the team gets back to how will I know if my vendors will get along? And so now you're not talking about just a photographer and videographer. You're mm-hmm. also talking about, like in your case, the DJ. Right. And then everybody else. So let's kind of continue this conversation. What, what, what has to happen um, from the couple side, what they need to do to make sure? And then the other vendors, what is their basic responsibility of what they should do so that they know they can avoid some type of, not necessarily an Maybe altercation. A conflict but, of some yeah, sort. Right. I mean, it's rare that it happens, but it does happen and can affect people. And I think this goes back to making sure that you ask your vendors, especially if you've chosen your venue, let's say, because mm-hmm. that's one of the early ones. Ask your venue, who do you like to work with? And then ask them why. You like to work with them. Right. What What is so outstanding about them? Is there anything that you have that concerns you about them? Right. And that way you get some specifics. It's not just, well, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. And, and maybe some people are thinking, wow, I don't know if that's the way to do it. But actually it, it is. And mm-hmm. not just planners, but all vendors. Mark, was there ever an experience where you 
weren't sure how you were going to react with another vendor? Um, well, that does happen quite a bit. But the other way to also look at it is it, it it's not necessarily that the people have worked together a whole lot. Mm -hmm. It just means that you're getting the right people mm -hmm. to come together. For instance, did a wedding um, last year with Emily Saunders, uh, photography. And we knew each other, but we had never shot a wedding together. Mm -hmm. But if you were to observe it, it was like we were actually working as a team because it's about the two people understanding what the other person is attempting to do which is, of course, take care of the bride and groom, right? right? And, and so there were no clashes of egos. And you would think that we had worked together for years. Mm -hmm. So what you probably are looking for is to set up some type of a way to have some communication. So um, Emily and I didn't actually have to have uh, conversations for that particular wedding because we already knew each other. And so it just flowed. But if you're selecting your people and you know you've got, let's say, a photographer and a videographer and they're both, both going to be shooting, I think it couldn't hurt to make sure that those two people have some type of a conversation if they don't know each other. I agree. And that that one especially is important because we've seen some conflict, not major things, but you're, you have two people trying to capture this moment right. in time, and they're both moving around, trying to get all the different angles, and we don't want to see people, you know, photographers back in the picture or vice versa. Right. And so having that communication ahead of time is important. So it might be a good idea for our couples to say, hey, listen, XYZ photographer and ABC uh, videographer, let's have just one conversation at a time right. together. Right. And maybe include your planner as well. Right. Yeah. And I think that that would not be unreasonable for mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, for the, for the couple to request that. And I think any, any professional would be like, Oh, absolutely. Because yes. they're thinking ahead too. They don't want to have it. Now I, I bet, I guarantee you every photographer and every videographer has those couple of literal horror stories mm -hmm. of situations in which it was that clash of egos. Right. And it's, and it always comes out generally. It's normally not the ceremony. It's normally not the reception. It's really during that finite period of time called the photo shoot. Right. The one in between. <laughs> right. And that's where they're both vying for. And there, and there you get into, and, and we'll have a deep discussion on this sometime about the difference between the different types and styles of videography, mm -hmm. which ends up determining how much uh, impact that they're going to have on the actual photo shoot, because there's things that some of them will have to do. For instance, a documentary style is just capturing it, where more of the cinematic and then some of the variations of the cinematic, there's it, there's much more required of the bride and groom during that finite period of time. Mm -hmm. So, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to, uh, if you want to finish your, your thought on that, Mark. No, it, it just, there again, getting back to 
look, if they can just talk to each other mm-hmm. ahead of time, you know, they can, they can look at each other's work if they're just not familiar with it, and they can see right away if there are things that they need to work out because all of this then goes back to the length of time that you're going to need, right, mm-hmm. for those photo shoots. Right. Right. And the setup, I think you talked about that at one point in time, the, the amount of time that the videographer may need to set up for the ceremony. Right. And it, it just, it's all gets back to you're, you're trying to eliminate any of the problems, any of the situations that are going to impact that timeline. Right. I think another thing that couples could do to help with this is see if you can find some other brides and grooms in the area and ask those same questions. Have you worked with so-and-so? What do you like about them? Do they have any concerns? And you can ask your vendor about maybe some past clients or you can right. follow their social media and you can maybe ask that particular bride mess message her and say hey listen i saw that you use so-and-so for a photography uh you know what and ask those questions you know right. what did you like about them were there any concerns that you had right and then that way you have some direct uh information and feedback from a true client of that particular vendor. Right, right. And, and it's it's not just, oh, whoever they give you. Right. 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 <laughs> Go ahead, and Mark. And also remember that, it, for instance, I'll give you an example. When there's no planner at all involved for a wedding, and as a videographer, I'm contacted by the couple, and I'll ask, okay, who's the photographer going to be and who's the DJ going to be? Those are the people I'm going to have the majority of the contact with throughout the day. And so I, I need to ask certain questions. I need to see the timeline. The, the photographer is going to work out the timeline. All I want to do is just kind of take a look at it to make sure that I don't have any questions about it. And in fact, if I do, I can, I'll even say to the couple that, you know, if you want, how about I reach out to the photographer and let's talk about it. About a method of communication between vendors. Mm-hmm. I think that if whoever your point of contact is, or it might be the couple, or it might be the wedding planner, everybody needs to communicate somehow so they're all on the same page. Right. I think we call that professionally intrusive. intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of saying you got to know. Right. You do. Mm-hmm. Because you want this day to go off without a hitch. Whoever the, whatever professional you are, you want it to be as fluid as possible for the couple. So professionally intrusive means you're just going to be asking certain questions mm-hmm. to find out, well, you know, what's what's really going to happen here and to make sure that everybody's going to be able to work with one another. And then the other thing you might want to ask, and I know this is a little bit off the beaten track a little bit, but what is the backup plan if a particular vendor can't be there? Yeah. You know, that's where you need to ask that question. Each one will have a different answer. And I know we've done podcasts um, with Amanda in regards to the planning. And, you know, it's important, even it might be a competitor. It might be a partner. It might be an assistant. And if it is an assistant, will they carry out at the same quality that the actual professional would have been? Right. Yeah. So, you know, keeping in mind, we're talking about everybody 
working together, right? Right. You know, and so that still becomes a really good question for the couple because if something does happen and you can't be there, you know, what is that backup plan? So who's going to be filling in? And there again, that like chain of cooperation has to continue through whoever becomes part of that backup plan. Mm -hmm. So again, I think you guys stressed it quite a bit in you and Amanda talking Mm -hmm. about what's going to, what's the backup no matter what. So all of every, every single vendor that is interviewed, they should be prepared with a backup plan. Right. Because things can happen. And that's a question that you should ask all of them. Right. What happens if you're not available? So just to recap a little bit, I think that it's important for our listeners to think about when when they're actually interviewing mm-hmm. to make sure that they know others, whether it's vendors or other brides and grooms, what was their experience with them? How did they react to situations? Was it positive? Was it negative? Uh, do they, excuse me, have any concerns? And uh, please understand that contracts are contracts. So there's going to be some rules, but you also want to ask how flexible are they willing to be? Absolutely. Right. Very good. And don't feel pressured to do something you don't want to do. Yes. Back to the old first look issue again. That's right. Everything becomes full circle here. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end this, Mark. Thank you so much for being here once again to share your knowledge with our listeners. I'd also like to thank... P.S. Productions for hosting this ENC Wedding Talk podcast. P.S. Productions has proudly served our Eastern North Carolina area with quality photography, video, audio productions, lighting, and sound rentals for over 16 years. If you would like to ask questions or have a topic you'd like us to discuss, please email us at encweddingtalkshow at gmail.com. I'm Jennifer Bertling, and I thank you for your time and being with us. Until next time, take care.